Well, it's fun having church in our house this morning. Thanks for coming. Hanging out, being here. Well, I've been thinking a bit about what I'm anticipating for the year ahead and sort of, I mean, we got talking about it at, at dinner the other night, Leela and I and Hannah just kind of, you know, it's, it, it wasn't necessarily like where have we come in 2021, but some of the things that sort of came out were in that year and it was like, yeah, we, we aren't where we were. You know, like even, even Leela and I, we started to look back sort of like three or four years ago and we were just thinking, yeah, like look at how much life has changed. Or then we looked at a couple of stories that were even 10 years ago and we were like, wow, like, you know, we really are making our way down the path. And the path is bearing good fruit. And we are glad we're not where we once were. And we're thankful for the fruit of some of the things that God's doing in our lives and around our lives now. And then stopping and pausing in the moment we're in and being present and sort of looking forward. It's like, well, what's, what is this next year going to hold? You know, And I think one of the things I've shared it here before that Leela and I do regularly on our anniversary is we do a journal entry that that asks the same series of questions sort of every year. So we're now, I guess this is year 22 in March. I think so. I think so. Gosh, like we're getting old. We got married young, but we're getting old. 21 or 22? 22, I think. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm not even with the math. 20. We got married. Yeah. I think it is. I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll consult the records. I think this is a sign you're getting on. But anyways, and one of the questions we ask is, you know, you know, what are what are the good things? What what are the highs? What are the lows? What are the victories? What's the best thing? Some of those kind of things. And we go, you know, of the things that have happened this year, how many of them did you expect? You know, like how much of this did you see coming? And it's like it never fails that most of the things that occur weren't things we anticipated or saw coming. And so I think one of the things I'm expecting for the year ahead is some real unexpected uh, outcomes, stuff I didn't foresee, stuff I haven't planned for, stuff I haven't. And I think if I'm being honest, I'm also anticipating some challenges. You know, I think sometimes we can roll over a new year and we can go, oh, finally, the year of challenge is behind us. You know, how much of this are we seeing, you know, on social media even that, oh, thank goodness that year is over and all of a sudden the really good year has just begun. And I think there's something unrealistic about that. You know, I don't want to be, you know, I mean, hey, if it's what we need today to say, great, the challenges are behind us and the smooth sailing year is before us. It's like, if that helps bring me encouragement today, I think I'm just pro, I'm just, I think I might just be pushing my disappointment down the track to the, to the challenges that come. And that's, that's kind of what I want to spend a minute talking about uh, this morning. But I thought we might, maybe before I get into some thoughts on it, maybe I'd just let us take a look at this verse. I'll read it now. And then maybe we just kick it around. We'll, I'll, I'll jump on Zoom with the Zoom crew and have a, a bit of a chat about it. We'll maybe just jump into a few couple of groups here, but let's just take a look at this verse. This this hit me. I was thinking about this in the car. Uh, I was thinking about this in the car on the back of a conversation I was having, and it was just causing me to reflect for myself. And so before I go to my thoughts on it, let's let's just gain some thoughts on this passage together. So it's Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. 
it's likely familiar. I, I mean, this verse is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. So this is Jesus' kind of like big sermon to the people. Some of the things that are included in there are the Beatitudes, the blessed are those who, blessed are those who, blessed are those who. Some of the things that are included in here is this is how I want you to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Some of the things that are included in this message are, are things like, don't worry about tomorrow, you know, don't focus on what you eat or drink or what you wear. Seek first the kingdom of God. The rest of these things will be added to you. That's the part that's just before this. It talks about things like, uh, you know, uh, anyway, uh, so many of these thunderously important things that Jesus had to say are found in this section of scripture in like Matthew chapter six and seven, the um, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is, finds itself sort of packed into the, the middle of that. And he says, uh, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads to the way, leads the way to everlasting life, and there are few who find it. I mean, just take a second and read that for yourself again now, like just... Just read the words of that, that passage and it's like, what sticks out to you? What, what, is, what is Jesus saying here? What does this mean? What is this, what has this got to offer to us? Let's take a second and read it. Oh, have we got it up? There we go. If you've got a device, maybe pop it up in front of you. It's Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. I've got it in Amplified. I don't mind. It is the meaning is found in all the versions. So grab the one you like best. But let's let's just jump into some groups. I'll jump on Zoom. Let's just chat for 10 minutes about what 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 sticks out to us in this verse or what hits us or what meaning does it does it offer to us? And yeah, then we'll come back together and Share some thoughts. Well, we had, we had some we had some great thoughts. Were there any thoughts that came out of that that we just really wanted to throw out and go? This has got to be a must. Everybody's got to hear this one. This was a humdinger. You didn't like that word, humdinger. Well, I just I just feel like this verse is like literally like the meaning of life. Okay. Hi. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, in what way? one moment where like obviously you can make the decision to like follow God or to not follow God Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's just like as simple as coming to like a crossroad and being like yeah it's like a whole journey Mm. so like I don't know it's kind of like a direction I guess yeah 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 what what am I up for what am I going to pursue yeah yeah I like that that's a great thought Mm -hmm. yeah anybody else maybe one more I mean, for me, it, it's just affronting because it, um, because 
I mean, I think in everyone to some degree, but I, I was sharing in particular, like my dad and and has, like he was an inventor and he always was inventing easier ways to, of doing things. It's just like, that's just like ingrained, like, yeah. like find the easy way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm, so I'm not blaming my dad, but there's something in me that just wants to find, or that's where I connect to it anyway, in the practical of that. I connect to this idea that like, well, why wouldn't I try easier? Like, yeah. why wouldn't I choose easier? Yeah. And like, this makes you go, hmm, like, why, maybe I should think about, you know, like if that leads to death, <laughs> yeah. like then it causes me to go, huh, like, is there a different paradigm for the way that I live my life? Like, sure, like, if you want to make your project easier, like, you know, put the extension cord on a retractable reel that works good for you. But when it comes to, like, my life, like, should the same rules apply? Yeah. And I think that that's rattling me these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got reflecting on this. I was driving in the car and I was thinking, um, you know, how much of my definition of hope or... Uh, uh, maybe, maybe how much of my motivation or how much of my goal-based attention is on things getting easier? You know, an easier situation, an easier circumstance. You know, how much of my demand of God is the easier ways or the easier days or the easier relationships or the less tense moments or the less complicated situations. You know, I got thinking about this and I was like, you know, I got thinking about it in my own life. Like how much of my pursuit is of ease? You know, how, how much am I pointing this ship of this life towards ease? And then what's driving that? And what does that actually look like? You know, because if, if, if Jesus is saying that the way to death is an easy road, it's wide, it's attractive, everyone's headed that direction, and it, but it doesn't lead to the life you're looking for. You know, it's like if the path to life is a narrow, difficult path, and I am looking for life. I'm, I'm a person who on a day-to-day -day basis is looking for life. And if you think about that for yourself, like, where are you looking for life? Where, where are you looking to find life? And this is, this is sort of what I got reflecting on in the car. And I'm like, you know what? In all honesty, like, sometimes I'm looking for life in a dinner out. Or sometimes I'm looking for life in, you know, uh, the world's best brownie. Or a bowl of ice cream. I mean, I know it's, 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 it's disgraceful. It, it is, right? Because there's not life in that. But when I get in a place where, I'm where desire in me is looking for something, it's like, what road do I choose to try to find it? Because, you know, it's, it's probably true that there's life that I need at the moment that I don't have. But when I look to the easy, wide road that the whole world is choosing to find that life, at the end of the day, I don't find it. In fact, I perpetuate a death in myself. And I was thinking about this from a, like a Brad's soul inner life perspective. And I was like, you know what? When, when I choose the easy way, when I look for the instant gratification solution, when I look for the resolution of the, you know, 
Just cut out the hard things, steer clear of them, move away from them, head towards the easy road. It's like, I don't find the life that I'm looking for. I don't know if you can relate to that or not. But it's like, there are a series of things that I can turn to that really dim the lights in my life. You know, when I start disconnecting, when I start switching off, when I start just looking for a movie to be the light in my day or the dinner that I'm about to have, when I'm looking for those easy, broad, accessible solutions, it's like actually there is death down that path. And I start to feel the ministry of death in me. I start to feel the darkness, just kind of like turn the lights down. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but... For me, this was sort of, I, I was thinking about it not even in an ultimate sense of, you know, the eternal, this verse is speaking about, you know, uh, uh, ultimately, this is life, that down a hard path is life, and down the broad, easy path is death, and, you know, that has a lot to do with uh, living in a way that the world isn't, or that everybody around you isn't, you know, that has a lot to do with not getting caught up with the slipstream of popular culture or society, you know, and it's like, that is a hard road to begin with, because who wants to be the different one? You know, that's, that's, that's difficult even in and of itself. But then on another layer, I thought about this, and it's like, as I point myself towards the hard road, I find life. You know, when I don't choose to go through the McDonald's drive through and hope to find some joy in life in whatever comes in the little brown bag, and I get out of the house and I go for a walk, I find life. I find life starting to minister to me. You know, it's like I find something that I need on a, on a harder path. And it's like, okay, so if that's a principle, almost like what you were saying, Kate, if this is just the nature of life, and it's like there's always two paths. There's an easy path, and there's a more difficult path. It's like if the promise of life is at the end of a narrow, hard path that few find, it's like if I sit here today needing life, What's the hard path I can choose? You know, what sits there as the hard path that's offering life? I think the other thing about this passage is, you know, and Laura, Laura said this on our feed, is that uh, for those who have chosen a difficult path of walking God's road, you know, this is encouraging. Because it's like something isn't wrong that this is challenging. It's, it's actually just the truest nature of life that it is difficult. The path of life is difficult. And in some ways, I feel like that's what this passage is saying. It's saying that the truest path, the true path of life is difficult. And when we set our sights and our goal and our expectation on an easy path, it's not leading to life. It's, it's actually not even in consistent acceptance of the reality of the life we've been given. And it's like, well, what if we could accept that the life we've been given is challenging? It is difficult. It is hard. But it's leading us to life. And it's like when I look back, I mean, Leela and I were reflecting back even on, on 10 years ago. And it's like, do I want to face all of the challenges of the last 10 years again? No. But I'm so grateful for the fruit of the challenging road that we've navigated. And I'm so thankful for the place on the path that we find ourselves. And it's like, actually, this hard path is leading to life. Actually, there is life on this path and it's building and it's growing. And it's like, and so when I look forward to 2022 and I go, this is going to be my year of ease. Well, if that's my expectation, I know where that's going to lead. 
not to the life that I'm looking for. So how do I become a person that accepts that this is going to be a year with challenges? It's going to be a year that's hard. It's going to be a year with difficulties. But as I face that and accept that that's the nature of the path and that life is on that path, I'm going to face challenges, but I'm going to be receiving life. Life is going to be being ministered. Light's going to be coming into my world. And it's like, well, well, what does it look like to be people who accept that the true nature of the path is that it's going to have some difficulty and it's going to be hard? But that's just good because life comes on that path. I think when we can begin to accept that, this becomes such a life-giving encouragement. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be easy to be good. You know, I was thinking, I was in the pool with Ella and... Uh, I don't even remember what she was doing. She was doing something wonderful. And, you know, I was, I was just like, you are just such a good human, you know, like, look at you. And then I stopped to think that, like, she's not really making choices yet. You know, like, she's not deciding for herself a whole lot. In fact, even, you know, when, when you start to really look at it, really, she's just a product of Leela and I. She's a product of what we've demonstrated to her. She's a product of what we've expected of her. She's a product of what we've said no to and yes to, the decisions we've made, the things I tolerate. Like, she's just like a little imitation sponge. Like she, and not even just the things I do, but the way I think, the way I respond, the way I act. Like, she is, she is just 100% a synchronization machine, and she is just living out Leela and I. That's what she's doing. It's like her capacity at the moment isn't to decide for herself who she's going to be, how she's going to live, what she's going to act like. She's just, a, she's just a total subject human being to Leela and I. And it just caused me to flip. And it's like, God, you said that those who want to inherit the kingdom of God need to become like a child. And I'm like, I'm just made to be a little imitation machine a little synchronized with God, machine. I've got to stop deciding for myself what's good and not good, what's right and what's not right. I just got to let you live this out. And if this is your path, if this is your place, and you say this is good, then I'm just going to accept that it's good. But the truth of the matter is I keep deciding that things should change this year or things should be different or circumstances should shift or income should increase or blessing should come in a certain way or things should happen for certain people in a certain way you know it's like i would love for ben and janessa's visa and permanent residence to be absolutely locked and loaded i would love for james and mel's house to be sold and done and them to have a a great opportunity for a future i'd love for a life tree to find a great breakthrough something and see all the answers i'd love for carlana to have a breakthrough baked goods store this year that just you know makes a million bucks in its first year you know there are things that i want to decide are good that are good i want ella never to smack her head on the side of the pool you know, these are the things that I want. And, and I'm deciding for myself what's good. And it's like, God, I'm going to trust you that even if the path is hard, you are ministering life to us. And it doesn't have to be easy for me to commit to the path. You know, if these relationships are challenging, if people's journeys seem difficult, if it feels like it'd be easier without someone or with someone new it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna decide that 
It's like, God, you do it. And if it's difficult, we're just going to believe it's leading to life. Come and minister life to us on the hard path. And let's be people who don't demand the wide and easy road to believe it's good and leading to life. This is, this is telling us this is how we find life. We accept a narrow, untrodden, challenging, uncertain path. And it's like I look at the path that I find myself on and I'm like, I don't know where this is leading. I'm not exactly sure that this is good because it is hard. But then here in this, we find stop defining good by ease. And so then I started to think about this for a minute. So what is my tool then on this path? What do I need? You know, and, 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 and the tool that fails me is when I let desire uh, cast its attention to gratification. When it's like, I, I just want a more gratifying path. I just want this to instantaneously be easier and better. And that, that just doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve me. Gratification, you know, the per, is, is like the pursuit of uh, desire to be fulfilled today. And, you know, I looked at it and I'm like, well, what's my alternative? What's my alternative? And, you know, as I sort of stopped and paused, it's like there is this idea of contentment. You know, I guess contentment is more finding satisfaction, not in something coming into my path that isn't here yet. But contentment is finding satisfaction in the things that are here, present, on the path, and in the moment. And not waiting for the hard things to be resolved to find satisfaction. So gratification says, I need this to be satisfied. And contentment says, I'll be satisfied with what I have. I can be satisfied with what I have. And I think if you stop and think about it, and cease on this path to cast our mind to the satisfying moment being some other moment down the track with a change in circumstance or a change in relationship or a change in finance or a change in health or a change in well-being or a change in headspace, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be that we're waiting for gratification, satisfaction to come in something changing. It's like, well, what do I have today? in my world, in my situation, in the place I find myself, in the circumstance I am, that is just so satisfying. And that gives way to this contentment that goes, actually, the hard path doesn't have to change. Because what happens with gratification is we hit something hard and we demand something different. Gratification won't endure something difficult because it's ungratifying to face something hard. But when I practice contentment and I've built a strength that says, I'm content in the place that I am for these reasons, for these things, I have a strength that goes, and it's okay that this thing's hard because I'm satisfied. Yeah, and there, there's a, a verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13 that says, this is, this is Paul, he's kind of put out a plea for some, for some cash for the mission and, and he goes on to say, not, not that I speak from any personal need, for I've learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I mean, let's talk about, that's, like a, that's the holy grail, isn't it? 
I am satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. Oh, man, Jesus, minister of maturity to us that sees this reality. Man, we need this. I need this. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Wow. I feel like I just needed Paul to come be my mentor. Maybe has he got some time? Because it's like, gosh, what a powerful picture of contentment on the hard path. But not like this downtrodden perspective that goes, oh, everything's just going to be hard. He's like, no, nah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be good. It's going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. We're going to have a ton of stuff. We're going to have no stuff. He's like, but either way, God's going to give me everything that I need to fulfill the purpose that he's given me because in him, I'm going to be sufficient. You know, when I look at that from a contentment perspective, it's like when I stop and I pause and I connect with God and he says, this is a path, I've got you and you're okay and this is going to be good. You know, I can find a contentment and a satisfaction in that place with him that has a strength to face whatever this is. And when I get my eyes off of that place and I start focusing on outcomes and my time with God starts to be like, you need to change this. You need to deliver this. You need to give me this. This has to shift. This has to change. I need something here. It's like, I just get focused on the gratification of the thing I've set my desire on. And it's like, I become unwilling to be in the place I am and be content with what I have. I look today at what I have, what we have, what you have. I mean, I, I mean, it's not mine to be content with your world. I, I don't live in, you know, I don't rest my head on Ben's pillow. Don't go weird, mate. Don't go. I picked the wrong guy, didn't I? Always. Once a week, we need something creepy to come from Ben. That's good. appreciate that. But it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, in your world, what do you have that's so satisfying today? that just gives you such joy that you have it? Is it your relationship with God? Is it a great friend? Is it a good day yesterday? Is it a sleep last night? Is it looking into the eyes of one of your kids and going, wow, you're becoming someone powerful? Is it looking into the eyes of someone that you love and going, I'm so grateful that I'm not walking this journey alone? Is it looking around at a family of people and going, I'm on a hard path, but there's other people doing it too. I'm not a freak. You know, is it reflecting on stories of victories that have occurred in your life in the last year or five years? Is it reflecting on someone else's victory and going, I'm so satisfied that Curtis and Carlana have a house to live in? You know, what, whatever it is, it gives us contentment to go, our God is good. He's not forgotten us. You know, and really, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, I'm going to bring this into land because this is carrying on, but... Paul again says, let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed and be financially ethical. Being content with what you have, 
For he has said, I will never under any circumstance desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently say, the Lord is my helper in time of need. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? You know, we can gain this strength of contentment in a hard circumstance where we're just not sure and we can go, he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. There is nothing that I face that he cannot interpret and encourage that if I need to make a change. I've got help to know I need to make a change. If I'm on the right path and this is leading somewhere good, I know I can hold to that spot. It's like a strength comes. I, I, don't, think, I, don't, I don't think I stand a chance of navigating the life-giving path of challenge and difficulty and hardship without the wisdom, the grace, and the joy of God with me saying, this is good, keep coming. And if I had 10 cents for every time I heard him say, this is a good path, keep coming. I would, I would never need to work again. And it's like, okay, if you say this is the good path, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing a, a really nice wide path over here that seems really attractive and I see a whole lot of people taking it and they seem to be smiley, happy and shiny. It's like, God, how about we merge? It's like, well, let's let him define the path. And he's promised us that a challenging, hard, and difficult path will lead to life. And it's like, well, let's stop setting our eyes on this ease. And let's, let's embrace a contentment, a satisfaction from what's already present and allow it to strengthen us because God's present with us in this moment. We're not without him. Anyway, enough. Talk, talk, talk. But let, let's let's jump into our groups and talk about this idea of life being ministered to us on a challenging path. On this idea of contentment, finding satisfaction in what I have in the place that I am, and a piece of that being the presence of God, ministering the strength of God to stay on the path of.